Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Gear of the Year this year is sponsored by Stringjoy Strings, the Nashville-based string custom shop whose innovative design, first-rate materials, and labor-intensive winding techniques mean you get literally the best possible strings every time and music nomad the guitar maintenance care and setup toolkit company who make the best most high quality most well thought out kits and guides so you can keep your guitar playing as well as it possibly possibly can And welcome to the second episode of Gear of the Year 2023, dear listener. In this series of year-end podcasts, the Guitar Nerds team are teaming up with the Tone Mob and 40 Watt Podcast to determine the best guitar gear of 2023. This year, we're debating four categories. We've already done best guitar. If you want to, if you, if this is where you're starting, dear listener, stop, go back, listen to best guitar of 2023. We're also going to be dealing with best effects pedals, best amplifier stroke modeler. That's what we're dealing with today. And best overall guitar product of 2023. We're going to be discussing the listener's choice awards for each category as voted on the Guitar Nets Patreon and Facebook group. And we'll be delivering those scores separately so you can see how the elite Patreon people are more sensible than the Facebook group. Now, without further ado, <laughs> I'm your host, Joe Branton, joined for Gear of the Year by Matt Knight. Hello there. Blake Wyland from the Toe Mob. Hello. And Philip Carter from 40 Watt Podcast. Well, hi there. Hello. Ooh, yeah. Hello, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Now, starting uh, things off, I'll let you all know how this is going to work. Just a, a refresher, dear listener. We have a massive list of releases from the year that we've boiled down to a top 11 in each category. We'll go through that top 11 then we'll each pick a few that we feel should be shortlisted to make our top three. Once we've narrowed the list of our hosts' favourites down, we'll then argue our case for a definitive top three. Once we're there, each host can assign points: three for their favourite, second for their second, two for their second, and one for their third. And we'll have our runners-up and best product in category. If for whatever reason we are deadlocked, then the listeners' choice votes will act as a tiebreaker. Now, that them's the rules. Let's take a look at the list of best amplifier stroke modeler. Already, already a category that is causing a little bit of yeah. friction. There are, uh... there are those who believe we should have separated modelers and amplifiers. There are those who think some of the modelers should be considered effects pedals. <sighs> 
But, it's a tough mm. one. I, but, you know, I, you know, I have to do a lot of research and analysis for my job in these kind of things and speaking to a lot of people and it's just amps it's just it's a very different thing i just now it's not necessarily the thing with speakers in that makes a loud noise in a room it is a bunch of different things and means a bunch of different things to different people and we're seeing a lot less high profile companies launching amps and more kind of people trying to create solutions to the problem is is that most people can't use amps or want to move to something different so again it's the it's the second time or maybe third time that we've kind of joined those categories because they kind of solve the same problem people need to take the non-amplified signal of a guitar and amplify it into a sense they can either record it play it through a pa play it live play at home so I guess that's how, I guess Joe that's kind of the criteria here is more what's the what's the best way to make your guitar loud yeah so <laughs> I I, I want to bring this perspective into this conversation because I I listen to a lot of uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts a lot of YouTubers and I talk to a lot of people um and and I I feel like maybe my perspective is a little different uh, I don't go to a lot of big name shows. I don't go see a lot of big bands out on the road because honestly, I have to travel too far to see good bands. Like not good bands, big bands, like big known bands. I have to I have to drive, um, and you know, two hours to get to a venue that hosts like big name touring bands. And so, a lot of the bands I see are small acts, indie acts, uh, cover bands uh, in much smaller venues. And I've had this conversation with Scott from the Effects Loop. Um, he lives in Chicago. He plays church gigs. And so, like, all the bands, all the stuff he sees is, like, modelers. He's a big quad cortex devotee. And while I think all of those things sound great, all the bars I go to, people are still using amps. Um, I've got a friend of mine uh, who goes to about 100 shows a year. He, he goes to a lot of live music. And I've had him taking pictures this entire year, every stage setup he goes to, because I wanted to know. You want to know how many modelers he saw on stage this year? Zero. Wow. All amps. And almost all of them tube amps. Right. So it's it's one of those things that I think there's a weird disconnect. We're like, oh, nobody's using amps anymore. But I'm like, every gig I go to, there's still amps on stage. Well, I mean, and, Philip, you know, I'm I'm a big amp over modeler advocate. Yeah, but um, you know, conversely, on on my last, as me and Matt were talking about on an episode recently, on my last European tour, it's only a month ago, we played ten shows, eleven shows, and mm-hmm. I shared my bass amp three times on the headline headlining tour. Every other bass player, other than those three, brought us along. Uh, normally an HX stomp yeah, um, and was running straight to front of house from that. So, Which I think is totally valid, but like a lot of the shows that we go to, that I go to here and my buddy goes to, or they're in small venues where still in 2023, the only thing going through the PA is vocals and kick drum. Right. Yeah. So it, it's a lot of those situations, but I still think amps are alive and well, even if they're not maybe being sold. I still think they're selling, but a lot of people 
they get their amp and that's their amp. That's just mm. it. Yeah. The average true. player buys one amp, maybe two, and they stop. Yeah. They mm-hmm. don't have my addiction. And th- that's better <laughs> for them. Uh and uh, I I think they're debatable. both I don't know. If I it's think they're both very good tools to do the job. I'm not here to say amps are better than modelers or but I am here to say that I think they both still have their place and are both still very valid and they just work for different applications. I have a direct to PA solution for when I gig and it's necessary. Um, yeah. But the majority of the time I take a guitar amp. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that. You know, and another, just, you know, before we crack into the, to all the products, another thing I noticed recently was we had the um, over at Ashdown, um engineering at their hq we had uh, like their christmas open day um mm. of last week and we just we invite loads of bass players and what, what's funny is what happens is a lot of working bass players turn up um as well a, a lot of guys that we might deal with um you, you know sort of on on loan stock on tours and a lot of people who do session work are there and what was funny is that i'd got out all of our big amps to show off you know, the big stuff that we could do. And they were all talking to me about the smaller cabs that we do. Yeah. And one thing that we, we and these these were all professionals, and the professionals weren't asking about the big stuff. It was the kids turning up, you know, who who mm. wanted to play something really loudly, who cared about the 810. Yeah. Um, and, and it was funny speaking to a couple of the guys there who were sort of full session guys, were really interested in these new deep... 110s that Ashdown have made and they were like well you, if you can stack two of them and they're super portable at least it can look like a cool amp but it's a 110 that can deliver on its own and speaking to Dan the owner we we introduced the 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 deep cabinet 110s two months ago they uh-huh. will finish the year as our second best selling cabinet Whew. wow and it's the first time they've done something as small as a 110 on its own for bass and well- that's that's how popular that has been you know i recently played and i talked to you about this we messaged about it when i found it i played one of the ctm 30s and i think it was through the 112 uh not the 110 the 112 cab and when i tell you there's some magic in that amp and when i argue for amps i'm not necessarily arguing for big amps i'm just arguing for amps yeah 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 i guess my my point was only that you know we're, we're sort of we're moving Things are getting smaller, getting more compact, yeah. and so modelers are such an obvious, uh, you know, such an inevitable part of that. They but, are, but I'm going to fight it every step of the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I've on got that, kind like, of a, we talk? Oh, should, oh sorry, go, go on, go ahead. No, sorry, go what? on, go on, Blake. If you've got oh, to, I, I, I just feel like I have to. No, I, I have a weird kind of journey that I've been on. I was borderline anti modeling forever, not necessarily because I had had a lot of experience with it, but because I wasn't interested in it and didn't have to have experience with it. Right. I was like, well, I, I just play out here and out here is, is fairly soundproof. So I don't care. Like I'm not, I'm not interested, but in, I think I said this last year, I've been playing more and more digitally as time's gone on, just because I feel like I kind of need to develop an opinion on it. And the stuff is undoubtedly getting so, so good. It's absolutely incredible. But the solution I've found that I think is just absolutely have your cake and eat it too. And it, granted, it's a bit over the top for your average player. It's not really necessary. But I think the absolute best best solution, I'm not just saying that because Matt's staying here, mm-hmm. is 
the the tube app expander. Yeah, because you get to do it all. You get to have yep. all of it. You can go direct digital if you want. You can play through a loud cab if you want. Oh, it's too loud. Turn it down. Like it's perfect. I absolutely love it. And the thing is, I've been playing a lot more with uh, the Benson plugin that I think I tried to pull for last year in this category. And um, when I switch back to going through my Benson into the tube amp expander, into the same digital cabs that I, I would uh-huh. use anyway, it's better. Yeah. So right. like the, the real hardware and like kind of hybrid setup that I'm using, it's more immediate. It feels better. Even though that plugin is incredible plugging into the real amp and then going direct is is better. And I think it's a solution, whether you use the tube amp expander or the aux or any of the other ones, it's one that kind of gets overlooked because it is an extra expense on top of the thing itself. But if you're an amp fan, that is how you have your cake and eat it too. And, yeah, Blake, uh, and I know that's mm-hmm. not a new piece of gear for the year, but I think it's getting, it's getting overlooked and it shouldn't be. A right. couple of years ago when my main gigs were church gigs, show choirs, musicals, you know, things that were pit oriented and I actually needed to be silent or have a direct option. Um, I found myself going more and more the digital route. So I I don't want anyone to think I'm like anti-modeling. I'm not. It's just my preference is amps. The the two notes Captor X did the same thing for me. That shifted Mm -hmm. me all the way back. I was like, oh, wait, I can still do this and have the amps I like. Yeah. And And, that that feel, that immediacy, that's half of the playing experience is how an amp reacts and, and responds. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. digital stuff has gotten so much better at that, but it's yeah. still not that yet. And right. d- dear listeners, I realize that that is not the focus of this episode. We're not here to debate digital versus real, but I feel like this conversation was important to have when I start talking about my picks. So, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Okay. Well, on that note, then let's, uh, let's go through our top 11. Um, we we'll start at the top of the list. Um, Matt, why don't you kick things off for us? <sighs> okay, fine. Um, so this has been a really interesting one for me because obviously I'm very closely linked to it, but also seeing the general reaction in the market has far exceeded it's been my, unbelievable. My expectations, and I think you know, a lot of expectations of people in the business as well. Uh, and I have had it for a while. And the more I dived into it, the more impressed I got. And that is the Boss IR2 amp and cabinet. Uh, so I would have argued to actually have this in the effects category, but I understand why we put it in the category that it's in. Um, but this is something that a lot of similar amp in a box pedals. It does something that not a lot of them really cover. And that is the fact that it crams so much into a really compact space for not a lot of money. Um, Price is definitely a big factor here because there's a lot of things out there that do a very good job, like the Strymon Iridium, which has been really well established in the market that's double the money that doesn't cover the stuff that this does. But I also think this is a really important pedal for Boss because it's got technology in it that we haven't used yet, which I think is super cool. And that is the fact that it's a two-channel compact that saves your settings. And that is a real winner for me. So 11 amp models with uh, matching Celestian IRs. You can load in your own IRs if you want. 
that allow you to have two completely independent settings without the need for MIDI or, you know, being stuck between a low gain version and a high gain version of an amp. If you want to have two twin sounds and you just want a slightly different level of bass, you can have that. Um, you just literally flick between the channels and there you go. So mono in, stereo out with a stereo effects loop. So you can run this as you would an amp. And then you can separate amp and cabinet. So this can be a preamp. This can be a cabinet simulator, or it can be an entire amp in a box. And that makes it incredibly versatile it's that in today's world. Yeah. Because, you know, right, you might have a really cool valve preamp that you love the sound of, but you want to go to gigs and you need a cabinet sound. Or you might have, um, you know, you might need cabinet modeling, for example, or just preamp modeling because you've actually got some sort of uh, cab modeler or speaker modeler or other way of going direct into a PA. Uh, So that, for me, is very cool. But the fact that it also has USB-C for recording into a computer and a mobile device. And it was when I saw one of the people that we use, a friend of the podcast, uh, Paul Drew from the Studio Rats, use it as an interface. That's when it really, even for me, I was like, that's so cool. Literally plugged it in, in Logic, IR2, and then it reamps in real time. And I'm like, this is a way to turn your pedal board also into your amplifier. Um, and that's great if you're like me and you just like clean sounds, but also if you want drive sounds, if you want something to record into Instagram or social media, you can just go USB-C straight into your phone and use this as a way to record great guitar sounds into your phone. So yeah. And all of that comes for, uh, £181. Yeah. I mean, it's stupid. uh, It doesn't um, make any sense. Compact yeah. times versatility, n- nothing's hitting this. Yeah, it's it just, you know, it sort of does everything and more than everything else on the market in a similar box for less money. Um, and believe it or not, you can even run it on a battery. <laughs> so <laughs> wild. I, How long that does that battery that last? <laughs> a, uh, a, a three and a half hours? hours? Four and a half yeah. hours? Yeah, read- kind of like three or four hours. You know, that's still on cool. I mean, well. that's impressive. That's yeah, that's going to be a hard gigging and stuff like that. Yeah, so that's going to be a tough one to beat. Uh, again, I know, like we've talked about price a lot on the previous episode, but like all of that for one eighty nine, that is yeah. really, really hard to argue with. Really, really hard. Yeah, no, it's it's very cool. It's, uh, I would say it's been one of my favorite boss launches in a very long time, just because of everything that it does um and the versatility that offers you for a pedal board build um as well i think that's very cool but it gives you the flexibility of disabling stuff i I guess really the biggest kind of long-selling competitor is the strymon iridium and you know that's 399 dollars 379 pounds there's also the walrus but you know you're still talking the same comparison yeah one of the one of the you know, n- not one of the main things you can do with this, but as a matter of fact, because of the price point, if you're a bass player and you want a sans amp as your preamp at the end of your chain going into your amplifier, buy an IR2. Yep. Because you can do that with this 
and it's mm-hmm. less money, and you also have a billion other options. I think um, the winner for me, <laughs> the winning feature, which I think Joe might come into play for the next thing here is that it also has headphones out and not everything on the market that is an amp in a box gives you the ability to use it live but then also as a silent practice tool as well which we might find out from uh do you want to talk us through the second choice joe sure no not Unless- yet i still I, I need to blow some smoke on the ir2 for a second here because <laughs> yeah, go on. the uh so I've had a lot of conversations with some other folks about this thing. And the IR2 is what I thought the idea wise line six was going to be releasing with the uh, HX one, which we'll talk about in in the effects. Obviously that's going to make it into the effects conversation. Um, If the HX one had just, instead of being the effects had been their amp and speaker simulators, I think we'd be having a very competitive conversation between the two which oh, is what i thought I wish, line six was gonna that do had happened right that's what it should have been uh, don't get me wrong i actually like the hx1 we'll talk about that in the following episode uh, but first of all this thing's a marvel in all of the features for the price point 200 dollars in us is maybe the most affordable backup amp you could possibly put in your gig bag as just just in case, just in case. And, and you could put it in your pocket if you have to. Right. And, and since I've not been able to convince Matt to send me one, I'm probably going to be buying one in the new year because I want to have one around just in case. Uh, I think they're sold out everywhere. I think that's yes, the they problem. are. Yeah, that's. I, I have been. I've got some multiple notifications. Wait to tell me when this is available. Um, but the other thing, and I really need to talk about this just because it's ridiculous. There are nine jacks on this boss compact pedal. (laughs) There are not, there's an expression, there's a mono input, there's a stereo effects loop, two jacks, there's two jacks for the output, there's a headphone jack, there's a USB C jack, and there's a power jack. There's no room for anything inside that pedal. Oh, and it's still got the regular battery cavity. Like, it's voodoo, y'all. This is not actual technology. This is actually dark magic. So, (laughs) on top of that, it sounds great. Yeah. 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 It's it's ridiculous. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on. I've blown all the smoke. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Well, all right. Well, yeah. Let's uh, move on to the next product. It's another amp in a box pedal. Uh, amplified dear listener we are talking about the tough tough to come after the ir2 but this is a fantastic product and has been consistently more popular than the ir2 in that the ir2 has only just come out this has been popular for 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 a little while now we're talking about the universal audio lion 68 super lead amp i hear people talking about this all the time i actually see it on loads of boards it seems to be something that people have adapted to because yes this is not going to have the versatility of the ir2 the lion 68 super lead amp is just giving you i think it's three different that um modeled versions of the uh you know of, of that classic plexi tone but the point is, I feel like this is the pedal that got people who were amp enthusiasts to check out 
a modeling pedal. Yeah. I feel like this was the pedal that ended up on boards because when modeling came out, it, it was bigger things. It was Helix. It was Axe Effects. It was stuff like that. So it was either, or you were choosing to be pedal board or you were choosing to be digital modeling and everything mm-hmm. had to come with it. And it's only recently, certainly we talk about the Strymon Iridium and stuff like that, but it was still, it, it was one of the first ones. It had a price point that was a little bit tricky this is something that was just like, how about we just give it to you simple? You like Marshall amps? You like Plexi amps? Here's three great sounding amps with simple rotary controls, simple dip switches, and you can sound great and still use all your pedals and you'll sound amazing. And when it comes to sound quality, they didn't need to do lots of stuff. Like Boss, Boss's thing will always be, here's a shitload of stuff. All <laughs> UA have done is gone, here's three really good things they are mm-hmm. really good mm. and I, re- I i really like that uh, about this you can't deny that you see these on a lot of pedal boards they're kind of really i think they've they've nailed a look in the ua fx range um it's, it's and- a look that can get amp enthusiasts on board because it doesn't look modern <laughs> yeah Great. and i think um i i think i think out of all the amp ones they've done because obviously they've got some great effects i think this is the best one and i would absolutely be down for having one of these on my pedal board taking out because you can the speaker modeling i don't want the speaker modeling but what i do want is the kind of hot rodded plexi oh yeah leads you've got a boss g10 in there as well you've got loads of different you've got a maestro ep in there as well preamp so you've got you know it is that kind of whole van halen thing in a box yeah um they are expensive, but I get it because UA are a premium company. Yeah, um, They've got a great app. They've got great UI. Um, I think the only thing that lets it down for me, if it's still the case, uh, and I know a lot of people said the same thing, I would have liked MIDI on it. Yeah. And that's just personal yeah. preference. No, um, you are right. We all wanted MIDI. It's it's the flaw with this entire line of UA pedals. Mm, but um, it's not. In, but it doesn't change the fact that this sounds fantastic. No, it sounds amazing. Um, slightly higher price, but I think you know you said it there, Joe. It's about capturing a sound, and this captures the. 68 super lead the 69 super bass that that is the sound you know yeah. this is the kind of van halen amp in a box type thing and again it's versatile you know you can really customize it with the app so you know i'm into it i think it's very very cool and if you're going out there and gigging and you want that sound this is a great way to do it yeah so on the most recent episode of this recording uh the uh, that pedal show did a uh pedal board build with jack griffith formerly of peach guitars yeah, uh, yeah. and nice yep he put this on his board and one of the things they really talked about that i had not seen anyone else do he played through and talked about the clean and edge of breakup sounds he was getting because every other person i've seen demo this pedal immediately goes yeah. either jimmy page or eddie uh van halen right yeah, I almost said, yeah. Um, anyway, my brain did a funny thing there. Uh, it, so everybody does those things. Nobody does that edge of breakup clean thing. And he did. And that's what changed. I already liked this pedal, but that's what changed me into like, this should have been in the original UA launch instead of the Woody, in my opinion. Right. I yeah. feel like, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I feel like this should have been there. It also, the lack of MIDI doesn't bother me as much. Like, 
I understand like at this price point kind of expecting it. Just like all the effects pedals, I have several of, I have the original three, the Astro, the Starlight, and the Golden. Uh, they sat, the sound won me over and made me forget about the lack of MIDI because they sound better than anything else that I found. And, so, and I have no doubt this is the same way. So I, I also really like the UA pedals in general. Uh, the Golden is one of my favorite reverbs, full stop. Yeah. Um, the right. lack of MIDI doesn't bother me as much either. I, I, I shouldn't say it doesn't bother me. It's, it's something I'm willing to get past because they do sound so good. I also, like, it's pretty obvious looking at it. They're so easy to use. You don't yeah. have to read the manual to know how to use these things. You just No know, screens. You just turn the knobs. It's super easy to use. But mm-hmm. here is one thing about UA that I understand, but it also this slides some major points over to Boss, in my opinion. For some reason, even though they're a premium company, I love them. They only have a one-year warranty on their pedals. Oh, Boss! The Boss is a five. You know, for I, I, I'm not saying that I expect like to be taken care of for the rest of my life if I buy something. But what I am saying is, if you are buying a premium product, I tend to th- just assume that your warranty period is longer than that. Yeah, I, I, I at least think two years is probably pretty reasonable. Five's mm-hmm. really great. Um, one year on something that costs this much bothers me slightly. Not enough to not buy it, it but it would be a, a something I would take note of. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Yeah. Yeah. If I if fine. I can finance something for four years, I'd hope the warranty lasts at least that long. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is a great. They are great pedals. My I've had great experiences with them. I haven't needed a warranty at all. I'm just saying that's something to be aware of. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So there we go. The the UA Lion. So continuing this trend, then, dear listener, another modeling pedal um blake why don't you talk to us about this one all right yeah the tonex uh i have one here um i quite like it and i go back and forth mentally between 
where to place this and the boss IR. Now the boss is more compact, more affordable. And I would say arguably a little bit easier to throw down and, and get going right out of the box. And it, and I, there's something to be said for all that. However, if you're listening to this podcast, I have to assume that on some level you like, you like to tweak things. You like to mess with things. And in that regard, if you really like the boss IR2, but you want to be able to do even more, then you look at the Tonex because you can really dive in super deep with this thing and you can go, you can load it into the, into the, you can hook it up to your computer, do all the tweaking you want, have these settings super easily accessible and ready to go. And it's not an insane amount more. It is more. It's a couple hundred bucks US, I believe. I think it comes in at three ninety nine yep. US. Um, and with in that regard, it's you know it's a Kemper killer for four hundred dollars. Yeah, and it's also <laughs> compact, fits on your board, has all the ins and outs you could possibly want. Uh, and I was really surprised. I recorded a couple clips for Instagram with it just directly, and I was like, yeah. Uh, this is in my for me somebody who likes to get in there and mess with stuff. This is the ultimate backup amp. Or if you want to just be easy, it's a great primary pedal board based amp as well. Uh, amp in quotes, of course. Yeah, yeah. I think I've had exactly the same experience with the Tonex. Like a, I spoke about this a bunch. I, I think maybe we spoke about it on a podcast together, Philip. I, we did. I, I can't remember. We did. Yeah, it, it was the. Because your I, sample of it's going to be my theme music for my podcast next year. <laughs> there you <laughs> next go. Next season. Yeah, yeah. Nice. That's, that is true. It will be. But um, I think the thing is that, I, like, IK sent me this pedal, and I did have other stuff on, and they weren't in, in a special rush. And I would just, you know, I got it, and I was like, I'm sure this would be fine. I don't care about another, uh, you know, another company undercutting Helix and Kemper. You know, it's... Mm-hmm. This is fine. Lots of people, everyone's doing it now. And so it, it sat in its box for ages. And it wasn't until I was like, I really ought to do something with this pedal that I plugged it in. And, you know, they're not, they're lovely guys. They're not a pushy company. I was under no real obligation to do anything for, for this pedal. And I was like, oh, actually, this is fantastic. It wasn't mm-hmm. just okay or good. I, loved it i loved the tones i was getting from it it recorded so so well it's dumble sounds like i have no frame of reference for a dumble <laughs> but this dumble sounds were incredible i was like yes this is what i would use i i thought the interface was a little tricky like a, a little bit a little sort of boss level dark ages but once you kind of got through it it was it was fine to use once you understood how to get around the pedal. It was fine. Versatile, had enough on it, but more importantly than anything else, the sounds were just high quality. We'll go on, we'll get onto it later. But whilst Fender are going, our pedal is easy to use, the Tonex were going, our sounds are great. And that was what I really liked it's, about it. It's funny, Joe, because you were going to send me, send me that. Ages ago, and then and I you never, never did. did. And then, uh, <laughs> then, the, then the IR2 became a bit more of a kind of uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> reality. And I was like, no, oh, that, that serves the whole purpose. But I know a <laughs> friend of mine's just gone out on tour uh, with a Tonex. His whole pedal board was a H90 
uh, running in the sense that he was running one inch ninety at the front, then into Tonex, and then into uh, out of Tonex into another H ninety, so he could have pre and post effects, mm-hmm. uh, and that was it. And it's just the whole tool with that because it did all of his app modeling. He could still do MIDI switching. And uh, he was just like, it's great. The sounds in it are great. He said, like you say, you've got to spend a bit of time with it. I think with those, you've really got to dial them in. But this is like Kemper level, you know, and Kemper is still a massive mainstay. This is like Kemper level stuff for a few hundred bucks. And the biggest problem with most of the things out there is they are still expensive. Mm -hmm. And that's fine because you need expensive premium stuff. Quad Cortex show that it doesn't really matter because loads of people are going to buy it, you know, and they're like fixed 15, 1600 bucks. But I think it's great to have an option for people who want that for a lot less. Yeah. Um, So I think it's a winner for me because of the price point, because it offers so much for not a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a market disruptor. It absolutely, Absolutely. Mm -hmm. it changed what people expect the price point for capture technology to be. Definitely. Oh yeah. Yeah, We didn't even, we didn't even touch on that. If you got an amp you like, guess what? You You can can bring it with you. I think that's the thing. I think the next logical step now is basically, which I think kind of already exists, but it's that capturing technology now is going to become the standard. That's going to be just in plugins. And everyone's going to be able to do that. So I think it's not, it's probably the end of that kind of capture wave. And I also think a lot of people getting into it now are like, how am I going to capture a, like, you're not going to do it as a customer. You're not going to capture a vintage Marshall because you don't own a vintage Marshall. You're not going to go and capture a 1964 Fender Bandmaster because you don't own one. Um, So you're relying on paying for other people to have it and the getting their patches. Um, So I kind of feel that capturing things may be becoming less relevant because people are like, well, I I don't know what a Marshall sound. I've never played a vintage Marshall, so how would I know what it sounds like? I'm going to take your word for it, I guess. Take the alternative, though. You like Van Halen? Here's a capture of the amp Van Halen played. Yeah, very true. Oh, yeah, and we you, take it you to like, the studio he recorded in and do it all with all the stuff, right? Exactly. Yeah, you like yeah. AC? You like the Beatles? Here's a capture of an AC30 in Abbey Road in the studio where the Beatles mm. recorded. Mm. You can use it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a, it's a fair, it's a very fair point. And uh, the qualities of the the quality of the capture and the the IRs matters a lot. You can have the best hardware with with the best program running in it, but if the file that it's reading from wasn't produced well, then it's all a moot point. I've been talking a lot to Justin York uh, of York Audio and formerly of Paramore, which I didn't know when I was first talking to him, which was oh, wow. which was a really awkward conversation. Because I was like, that's a great band. He's like, I played with them for 10 years. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Um, yeah. Sorry, Justin. But great dude. But like, he's he's he wants to come on the podcast and talk, but he's like, there's things that I do that I can't talk about. And it sounds kind of ridiculous because I feel like we've all probably at least tried to make IRs at some point or at least read about it. Uh, He's like, there's things I do that we can't really get into. And if you play any of his plug or his IRs, his cabinets primarily is what he does. They sound insane. And I'm like, I believe there's some secret sauce you got going on in that studio. I don't know what it is. So 
having access to things that you would never otherwise have access to, I think is still a huge selling point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Well, that is, that kind of brings us to the end of our first, well, only because I'm doing these in order and they're randomly ordered. Uh, Let's talk about a goddamn amplifier, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) Why not talk about a rather bloody good one, the Silk Tone Micronaut. Matt Knight, I feel like you're best suited to lead Uh this one. Oh, yeah, because I've got one. Yes. Um, And we raved about this when it launched, I think, way back in May this year. That's when the the premiere guitar... Yeah, May the 8th is the premiere guitar. Wow. (laughs) Um, I love this thing. I absolutely... Now, this is a kind of micro amp with a difference. Now, there's a lot of small amps or lunchbox amps, and I know there's been a lot out there that are a kind of cheaper price or, you know, mass-manufactured overseas. I think the big thing with this is that it is American-built. It's simple design with a great sound, but has a couple of great features that need to feature on more valve amps, and I and for me, it's the fact that you have a separate tapped output, which you can use as a DI straight to your DAW. You can use it directly as a preamp to drive an amp, or you can use it directly as an amp head. So it's a single EL84 4-watt powerhouse in a very cool, funky, small little um, head case. It's just a great sounding amp. Um, so the line out feature, as I said, you can even run the speaker and the line out at the same time. You yeah. can run the line out without the speaker. Um, for me, this is a great example of using it with something like um, Blake was talking earlier about an attenuator like tube amp expander so you can really crank it because most people wouldn't realize how loud four watts actually is um but i remember getting this just a one by 12 oversized cab uh getting a baritone cranking this up it sounds so good recording it it sounds really good as the front end to your pedal board as well using it as a preamp using that line out cranking it almost as like a drive it's amazing and it's proper components um which i really really love it is you know attention to detail um 999 so not the cheapest thing but some really high quality parts that are designed to give you kind of everywhere from like really clean to really distorted in a really tiny package that does a kind of few extra things that make it far more usable and that and that is that taps line out from the speaker out because it just gives you so many more great options. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I've got one. I you know, and I've used it loads. It's the second amp. Um, I actually run the line out into the power amp of another amplifier, so I mainly use this as a preamp and then run it into a really clean power amp. Um, just so I've got a little bit more control over volume, and then I can really use the preamp on this. Um, but it's great. It sounds wicked. Super impressed. Very cool. Anyone else want to dive in on the silk tone? I haven't played the Micronaut. I just know that everything that Charles makes is really good. I have the original silk tone amp, the the bigger version, and it's beautiful. It's and if the Micronaut is anywhere in the ballpark of how good this one is, 
Um, I mean, the features are fantastic. Uh, I, yeah, I, I love Charles. So, you know, I could go, I could gush about that guy. He's one of my favorite podcast guests and I think he really does make really good stuff. Here at Guitar Nerds, we're massive fans of Stringjoy guitar strings, and you should be too. Stringjoy, if you don't know, are the world's first true string custom shop, but they also do a whole bunch of standard sets made to the same super high custom shop quality. And one of my favourite things about just how lovely Scott and the team are is the Stringjoy reward system, a bit like a Tesco club card, but cool. Every set of strings you buy earns you points. Each pack is worth a dollar in points, and you can save those virtual dollars and put them towards anything in the Stringjoy merchandise store, which, when you have a bucket of guitars and you're always restringing them, makes for a whole bunch of points and thus free merch. It's just a little thing they've set up to say thank you, but I think it's testament to just what a super bunch of people they are and how deserving they are of your string business. Stringjoy strings are available at stringjoy.com and at 400 plus dealers across the globe. If your local store doesn't stop Stringjoy yet? Ask them to. Yeah, I haven't gotten him on the podcast yet, but I've talked to Charles uh, a good bit, and first of all, just love the dude. So, but also, uh, I've played the the bigger amp, the like the one you have, Blake, and it sounds great. And this one though feels like this is the purest perfect studio amp too joe you remember when you were on that big desktop amp search and you look i think you got an emprise at the time which i still need to look back at them and uh look at some of their stuff but this is a preamp it's an overdrive it's just a direct into recording so if uh, the other thing about this and we talk about it as a guitar amp, but you, bass, you could record bass through this and get yeah. that tube sound into your recordings and sound absolutely incredible. I love the versatility of it. Yes. Uh, if you think of it like a drive pedal, it's the most expensive drive pedal on the market um, at a thousand dollars, but <laughs> don't think of it that way. It is for, for someone who maybe has a small studio, especially or a small home studio, and you need just something you can plug in to get that, that analog tube goodness into your recordings. I don't see why one of these won't be in every studio. Yeah. Yeah. This is an absolutely awesome product. Uh, the more we talk about it, the more I love it. <laughs> yeah. It's very cool. I'm very grateful to uh, to have one, certainly. Yeah, I'm going to have one at some point. I just can't do it right now. <laughs> right, okay. Okay, next up then. Uh, let's be wrong, we've got to crack through these. Yeah, yeah. The Friedman IRX. We're back to pedals. It was a brief actual <laughs> talk about amplifiers, dear listener, and even that. Oh, was... don't worry, it's coming. <laughs> it is coming, it is coming. So, the Friedman IRX. Anyone want to talk around this? Don't worry if you don't, I can take it if not. So, I, I will only give this, and then, Joe, I'll let you do all the actual describing. Yeah. I feel like the UA Lion stole this product's thunder. Ah. <sighs> Yeah. Okay. So bit. the Friedman. Yeah. Sorry. No, a little bit. Yeah, I think a little probably bit, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the Friedman IRX is a dual tube preamp and DI, a simple all tube direct solution. Um. So it's 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 two twelve AX sevens in the preamp, uh-huh. which is great because that does deliver a little something something. Um. I feel like we've slightly passed the 12AX7 in the preamp stage. 
You know, you know when people put a valve in a pedal and it's not doing anything. Yeah, well, this one claims they're high voltage. It claims they're actually seeing genuine current. Again, I'm not an engineer, so I can't tell you if it is or isn't. I can but only tell you that I that you know, my partner in crime over in, on Chasing Tone, Mr. Wampler had some f- level of finger in the pot with this. I don't know exactly to what degree, but he said the tube is actually working. So, okay, fine. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's enough for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll take that because I love everything else about this pedal. It's 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 a preamp that's actually the right size in that he's given mm-hmm. it's it's wonderful that we're making things compact, but my goodness, we need to be able to use them. We yes. need to have <laughs> be able to press buttons to change settings yeah. on them. So this is great in, in that you've got two independent bands of EQ on rotary controls, not double pressing something, not switching through uh, you know, whatever, not using an app to go along with it, just two sets of rotary controls, three foot switches for channel one, channel two, and boost, like you would if it was an amp. Yeah. <laughs> and I really like that about this. I feel like Friedman's gone, what do people who play outside of bedrooms actually want in a, uh, like a, a preamp style thing? And uh, well, think, this I, is what I it is. I think that's the thing, isn't it? I, you know, I love Friedman amps. I love the design. I love the sound. You know, it's taking his passion for kind of almost like that Marshall thing and the mods and making them as best as they can possibly be. But they're also really expensive. Yeah. And it's going, how can I, as you said there, Joe, how can I make this for someone who's going to play at home, play in a play in a bedroom? I, you know, I get it. Yes, the tube might actually be working, but would I hear the difference between this and the UA FX line? Yeah, that's I don't that's the know. Problem. And if you know what, I'm swayed by pedal design, UI design, graphic design, marketing. I'd, I'd rather have the UA. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. I, I will uh, say one of the things I like about this, first of all, MIDI. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It has MIDI ability. That um, is true. It that's the I, I feel like that's the only thing it truly has over the the UA besides the tubes. If you're if you're really into the tube and you genuinely again, I can't tell you if they're like I'm trusting Brian here because Brian cares about these things and uh I'm trusting that the tubes are actually doing the work and trusting the text, which you and I both know, y'all all of us know, that you can't always trust the the trade copy that comes with things. What? Um but I know, right? Imagine that. But it also has an effects loop and headphone out. So it's it's Those got a lot some... of the things you want. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That would be I my mean, notes as well. There's where it beats the lion is it just it has a couple well, let's pretend that the tube isn't a factor. Although I personally yeah. would prefer a tube. Same. I don't even care if it's just lighting up. I like looking at tubes, okay? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> you know? But like Yes, that that is a win for me. But there are a couple extra features on that thing over the lion, so that's worth yeah. noting. Uh, okay. It's got the chonky boy USB though. Um, yeah, I must admit, ooh. <laughs> that's a I little mean, coming from a company who's put a lot of those uh, chunky USB things on there. Yeah, switching to USB C is a far more. Uh, Dare I say, sexy way of doing this? <laughs> Absolutely, oh, nerds, y'all. Absolutely. We just, you just called USB port sexy. Yeah, I know. <sighs> Damn it. Um, <laughs> should, should we move on? Yeah, yeah let's okay. move on. Okay, we all think that product. What other right. ports can we objectify here? Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk about another amplifier. We're going to talk about the Marshall Studio 
JTM. Who wants to take this one? I got this one. I was going to say, go. that's got Philip Hall over it. it. Yep. Tell us all about it. Let's quit talking about fecking. That's fecking. That's with an E. That's, that's fine. totally you acceptable. You can swear on this one. I, don't I care know I can, but I'm going to save it for when I really need it. But <laughs> let's talk about can. an actual fecking marshal. Not an emulation, not a pedal, not something you want to pretend has tubes that work or not. Let's talk about a real heat-producing fire-breathing amplifier. That's what we're talking about here. They finally put the JTM, which is my favorite Marshall, the JTM 45. They finally put it into a studio package that can go um, 20 or 5 watts. So you can take it from as high power you want to or lower. It's got EL34s. They didn't cheap out and put EL84s in there and pretend they sound the same as EL34s. They, It's what you want. It's all the things for input, knobs on the front, effects loop in it. It's got, even got a DI out if you really want that. You can go out of it and use it as a recording uh, situation. You can take the wattage wherever you want to work at home or on the stage. I don't see the flaw in this. The price point's a little high, I think. But no. for what it is, I think it. I think it's, what is it, 1700 for the head? Okay. I, okay. I can't it? remember. Um, it's just for the hedge? Uh, maybe it's not. Maybe I'm the remembering ST, a different ST, amp. The, the, the ST20. Yeah. Uh, no, they're like 799. Oh, oh see, oh. that's not bad. Oh, it's even, yeah, even better. Oh, I was thinking the SV20. Sorry, yeah, that was the studio Yeah, ST20H, which is the JTM, which is, that's the new one. They're, they're 799. Oh, well, then I GBP. have, I don't have a single thing bad to say about it. Oh, actually, no, I take it back. On Sweetwater, the JTM 20H is 1750. What? Yeah, it's 1750 in the US. Oh, right. Oh, wow. That, for the, the, head. the 50 watt. Yeah, no, that's the 20 or 20 slash 5 watt. Wow. Oh, so they're a, expensive in the US. That is a big difference. Wow. There's a premium. Yeah, that is a huge difference. Uh, I feel like that is Britain uh, punishing us Americans for the <laughs> price jump y'all have to deal with for Fender products. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not for the, the whole tea thing? Oh, no. Forget the tea. Oh, okay. It's tea. Right. Nobody drinks tea. Coffee's better. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, is, I, um, that is incredible. That is a huge difference. That yeah, is I didn't realize there was such a massive pro- So what I'm saying is I need to order one from Anderton's. Um, instead of Sweetwater. But <laughs> I still think this is what everyone has wanted Marshall to do for years. It Give is me what the- I want. I've yeah. always wanted a Marshall that doesn't look rubbish for a reasonable price. This looks incredible. This is awesome. This is yeah. Marshall doing the cool stuff from the 60s, not... Not relying, making headphones. No, not the horrible looking amps. Whenever I see a Marshall amp, all I think of is Guns N' Roses and Green Day, two bands I don't like, and that just makes me <laughs> not like. Guns and Green Day. <laughs> yeah. It just Guns makes me not Green like Day. anything they have and make me not take them seriously or give them time of day or even really consider their sounds. And then when I see an amplifier that looks like this, I'm like, yes, this is something I could get behind. This is cool. I know, yes, I'm, I, I'm t- I know this, that's terrible, dear listener. I'm talking just about aesthetics here. No, it probably it, still sounds also, as choked and shit as the rest of Marshall's, but <laughs> that doesn't matter because <laughs> it looks great. If, oh, Joe. <laughs> uh, I, think, I think it's one of the cooler things uh, Marshall has done is to start to go down this this route with their, you know, with things like the uh, 
the JTM, they did the studio vintage. I, I don't see anything wrong here. I, I, I'm so happy to see, you know, real amps. And it's, like I said, it's got the direct out. If that's what you want out of it, you can do it. Yeah. yeah I think it's one of those things, isn't it? It's like, it's on there because you might want to do it like we, yeah. but I, I wouldn't say people are going to do it as much as they might do on something like the silk tone, because to be honest, if you're going to buy this, you're going to want to crank it. How many people are going to be able to crank it? You know, difficult to know. Um, yeah. But the great thing with these Shut is... Shut up, Deborah! I'm because, they are, <laughs> <laughs> because they're handmade in the UK, I think um, that's a big winner for me. That's yeah. a real big winner. Yeah. I, like you say, um, Joe, it's, it's going back to the cool things they've done. And, uh, you know... That graphic, it's. I always think about that JTM one that they did that just like sold out instantly. Uh-huh. Then became loads of money, and I'm just like, this is very, very cool. It yeah. looks cool. Yeah, I, I would I buy it. Possibly not because I'm not the biggest fan of Marshall, but yeah. I would say that you know it's got the high low function on it it's got everything that you want it looks like one of their more retro ones and at least in the uk it's not tons of money <laughs> it's kind of yes. wild i mean i'm sure that that's a you know an import thing that's what we're dealing with here but you know hypothetically if it were that price in the us i mean i'm not even necessarily the biggest marshall guy ever cuz i kind of have the same like associations like that I just I just don't really like that as yeah. much as I should I feel like, um, but if it was that price in the U.S. I would almost certainly try it because I do like the JTM circuit and this is I know we've said it multiple times and I know this is an audio based show so everyone's gonna have to Google but it looks absolutely stunning it is beautiful yeah. Um, yeah. the cab too the matching cab absolutely gorgeous and I know it's just really just to throw back to what they used to do, but man, they used to do it so good. Yep. 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 That's it. They did. Done. It is great. Okay. All right. Moving on then. Um, next up on our list is the Fender Tone Master <laughs> Pro. <laughs> what? Somebody changed my response. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, so, that, that can so be a little in-joke to be a listener. I think, um, I know, again, I'm coming back to with the same thing we said with IR2, and I understand why we've put it here, but I, I almost think it should be in the effects category, to be honest. I, it's an amp modeler, Matt. I don't know how this yeah. is difficult. This is yeah. something that you've mentioned to me several times. In fact, uh, it's something that few people have mentioned. I don't know how this is getting complicated. It's just, an amp uh, modeler that does effects in addition. Yeah. So, yeah. guys, I'm from the South, right? Y'all know this. I'm from Mississippi. You can hear it in my voice, even though I've spent I years it. getting hold on, rid of it. Wait, hold on. I've got to jump in. The first line on their website is, Tone Master Pro is the first no-compromise multi-effects guitar yeah. workstation. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not going to... Remember what I said about you can't always trust ad copy? Uh, so we're just going to go back to that. Uh, so I'm from the South, and that means that uh, my mother taught me that if you can't say anything nice... Don't say anything at all. 
So I'm done here. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Okay. Okay. So pretty strong reaction there from Philip regarding the Fender Tone Master Pro. So the Fender Tone Master Pro, what it does offer is is incredible control. So they've put a lot of time into the, the graphics, the versatility of the switches, that all the foot switches double up as touch sensitive rotary controls. Uh, as well, um, that it's a big, very responsive touchscreen, that the graphics are fantastic for the amplifiers, that it's easy to use. That's what they've gone after, where companies like NeuroDSP with um, the Quad Cortex are known for being like a little finickety. And certainly then you look at companies like Kemper, AxeFX, known for having you know generally bad um, UIs. Mm-hmm. Um that's what they've gone after. They've gone after making it a uh, touchscreen, but really, really easy to use. And you've got to remember, it's early doors for the for the Tone Master Pro. It didn't come with any base presets, which I think means that it fails to be an all-in-one solution. But then, you know, it, it's got so many things that it can add to it. Yeah, it's still first edition. You've got to remember how long's Helix been in. Matt, how many updates has Helix had? You told me this statistic. Eighteen. And I think Ooh. I think that's I think that's what you say, Joe. Is it is early days. And you know what? You've got to be <laughs> you've got to be in it to win it. And I think realistically, Neural DSP is running away with this market right now, mm-hmm. which is the premium guitar modeling market. Uh, whether you call it an app modeler or an effects modeler or whatever, they are running with that market, and I think that has been built over time. It just didn't. It didn't just happen, you know. And it's the same with Helix. It's those eighteen updates. This is we're kind of judging it on day one. It's like not necessarily this is the way it should be, but if you're a gamer and there's loads of great AAA titles that come out that aren't ready. Because people are trying to meet deadlines. People have, like, you know, sales targets to hit. People have, like, engineering deadlines or manufacturing deadlines or all of that sort of stuff. And then things get fixed or improved or they listen to people along the way and they make changes. Um, it's it's kind of like that, really. It's sort of we're judging it as we're seeing it on day one, whereas in a few years' time, it could be a totally different game-changing product. Um, and I think that's that's kind of hard because then, you know, trying to say, is it gear of the year? I don't know because I haven't spent enough time looking at it or researching in it to go, why would I buy this over neural dsp like quad cortex for example or why would i buy it over helix um because you know and again with my boss hat on still get people going i'd rather play a gt 1000 because it's to me it sounds the best so it's like color touch screen you've got to have a color touch screen now it's it's an it's a must-have it's not a nice to have it's a must-have you know if you talk about Product development. Um, I hate touch if, well, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't Sorry. buy a product with a touch screen. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah but I, but I think the thing is, is that if you don't have it on there, regardless of whether you would buy it because it has a touch screen or not, yeah. the majority of people would expect it to have right. that because yeah. that is the feature set that so many other products in the world have. Yeah, tablets, yeah. smartphones. It's such a, I, I understand. You know, if you it's go just for such a, a shame. It's why I trust Helix. 
it's because I know that when I need to change things, I'm doing it with a rotary knob on a on a screen when that screen is covered in sweat and beer. But um, well, I'm than, covered in rather, sweat and beer. Rather than trying to use my <laughs> finger to to. Flip. Yeah, it's but not, you don't. But I iPad. think the thing is, you don't have to, though, do you? You can still use the rotary controls on it. It's again, that's what I'm saying. It's one of those things where, a good point. regardless of whether you use it or not, you have to have it on there because right. everyone else has it. It's yeah. it's it, in terms of product development, we call it a must-have. Must-have, a nice-to-have. You know, it's it's one of those things. It's like if you're going to develop a product now and it's going to be premium, it's got to have a color touchscreen, regardless whether you're going to use it or not. It's got to have a so color Matt, touchscreen. So here's, Matt, here's my argument, and I'm breaking my own rule that I said a few minutes ago. Um, <laughs> but here's the deal. You're right. There, look at You look at the gaming world, there are games that come out and launch and they're not ready for prime time. They're not ready to go. Mm. And they get better. I look at a game like No Man's Sky, for example. Came exactly. Out, yeah, and yeah, everyone yeah. hated it. Now it's an incredible game here seven, eight years later. But here's the thing. They knew what the standard was. Mm, the standard had been set. They knew if you were going to launch at this price point and you're going to compete in this market, you better come in game ready. You because mm. you're you're not coming in as this new, you know, new totally different thing. You're coming in as a direct competitor. They didn't even like. I point to this all the time. First of all, Joe's talked about there's zero bass amps. Although I know the basement is the first amp on there. The basement is a guitar amp. I don't care what anybody says. Um, two, there's no Tweed Deluxe. Like, mm. how do you miss the Tweed Deluxe in your launch of your product? That that's also one of your products. Like, it, I I I think it could end up growing to be great, and I really, I actually genuinely hope it does. Because I, regardless of what people may think of me, I don't dislike Fender. I love Fender, and I want it to be a competitive option. But it launched unready. It was a lazy release, I think. Yeah, no matter how I much work, they, I'm not saying the workers didn't the put it in that there. They were Fender to, to release something that they hadn't put as much effort in as their rivals had. Yeah. Um, I, I think was the shame. I am really excited about the fact that, and I'd like to see this, the next time Fender release a new amplifier, everyone who owns a Tone Master Pro gets an update and yeah. gets that amplifier in a digital form. That's exciting. That's, That's very cool. cool. Mm-hmm. I really like that idea. And if they can... If they can make that a reality, I, I think that's great. Yeah. You know, because there's a thing that Helix has going for it is that every now and again, Helix are suddenly like, oh, hey, do you remember all those? Um, do you remember those new pedals that came out like over the last few months? All those really popular ones. We bought them and modeled them. Here you go. Yeah. I love that about Helix. Yeah, if me Fender too. Can, if Fender can do that in a sort of really official sort of Fender way you know that that would be great yeah that means that um, this product doesn't have to always be for me it always doesn't have to be something i don't like it can become something i really like yeah anyway sorry matt i cut you off no 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 i think um i think the biggest thing and the reason that it's going to always get compared to neural dsp is because people are so bought into the plugins yeah and You know, I think as soon as, and I'm, and I'm sure it's going to come at some point because they'd be crazy not to. As soon as they add that seamless integration between plugin and hardware, neural DSP is just basically going to be unbeatable yeah. because you're going to be able to go. I can take my Rebeer plugin and I can have the same sound on the floor. It's that, it's that seamless integration between the cloud and yeah. your hardware yeah. um and the fact that fender own personas i'm guessing you know there's going to be some level of perhaps integration there at some point 
I, 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 for me, I just, I can't go that extra step in terms of voting for it because I just haven't spent enough time yeah. with it or looking at it. But I totally get that if they're not in the conversation, then, you know, if you're not there at all, you've, you've yeah. got to have something there and you can improve upon it. Yeah. Uh, and like you say, they, they knew what they were up against. And I guess perhaps, you know, it's, they're doing, I always look at it and go, Neural DSP, for example, have one thing to focus on in terms of hardware, where Fender have a whole load of other stuff yes. they also need to do at the same time. And uh, I know that from experience in what I do, that can always be the difficult thing because you're sometimes up against competitors where the only that your major competitor only has one thing to focus on. So <laughs> yeah. I think it will get better in time. Is it the best thing out right now? For me, probably not. Um but there is some very, very tough competition out there. Very, yeah. very tough competition out yeah. there. Okay. I, I feel like we're free to move on because I don't feel like I can I can no. keep kicking this horse. So. <laughs> no, yeah, okay. I, we're, I we're, just won't say anything about it at all. How about to. that? Well, okay. We are through <laughs> modeling, everyone. Yeah, Next girl, let's go. The thing we're going to talk about from this point on <clears throat> is an amplifier. I love the, the – I actually love the Tone Master Pro, but we didn't get to talk about that, so – Oh, do you want to talk about loving it? I'm to- I don't love it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, see, I, I need to I make don't sure we got I, that clear. I don't think I hate it as much as you guys do, but I also, like, I wasn't interested enough to give it the time. Matt took, and, like, he already hit my main point. My main point was going to yeah. be Fender. I lo- I'm wearing a Fender hat right now. I love Fender. But, like, Fender have their, I feel like this launch, you know, outside looking in, was a bit, just like, hey, we'll get there eventually. We have to be in the conversation. But at the same time, do you know when when neural DSP's whole thing is basically they have dark glass on on one side, and then the whole rest of the company is neural D, neural DSP. Yeah. So if that's all, and they're not a tiny company by gear standards anymore, they've grown a lot. There's you can look it up. They're they're a larger gear company these days. The, and if all of their resources are going to be in that, which it sure seems like it's going to be because their name is Neural DSP, yep. then it's, how do you compete with a, even though Fender is massive, they would have to carve off a sizable portion of their resources to focus just on that. And they could, maybe they will. Um, but it would be a, a tough gamble to make as a company. So I can see why they're just like, ready, fire, aim, let's get it out there, and yeah. we'll see what happens next. Even though I, I'm sure there was more thought that went into it than that, but there's some things that you guys have pointed out that are pretty obvious misses. I think also with Line 6, you're competing against a company that has been in the modeling emulation world for I don't know how long, before I started playing guitar. So. Yeah. That you're you're going against some people that have been doing this for a long time and devote a lot of resources to it, and I just don't feel like Fender is going to devote the resources to this that will be needed to be competitive. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. Let's let's move Moving on from on. this one because you know the, the we know how we feel about it. It could have been good. They just missed the market. It's an important product. It was worth being in the top 11 because it is Fender mm-hmm. making a modeling amp, and yep. that was worthwhile being here. Mm-hmm. I, 
just I think we're all on the same page. Page they missed the mark a little bit. Let's yeah. talk about an amp for goodness' sake. Yep, Philip or Blake, who's going to take this one? What do we got here? The, the Royalist Tone King. That yeah. feels like a Philip amp to me. I, I all got, right, I'll I talk got, about it. I got the next one. How about that? All right, that works for me. I'm not. Uh, I'll be honest. I'm not as familiar with this as I'd like to be, only because there's so many things out there. But I will talk about it because, um, first of all. Love Tone King. Right. Second of all, we're talking about a company that seems to have really focused on practicality compared to a lot of other companies. I mean, we're talking about the same company that has attenuators built into a lot of their amps. They, well, this is them introducing a 40 watt EL34. It's not even a new one. This is just an update of their British voiced amps. I don't have bad things to say about a single thing I've ever heard from Tone King. Uh, I've once again, I the only one I've played. The one I played the most is their neural DSP plugin. Uh, but <laughs> it's very good. It's very <laughs> to, good to throw it back. It's mm-hmm. very very good. This one has built in attenuation. It's got multi voices, so you can change uh, the various channels from uh, sixty four Marshall. No, we're going to say Marshall. They say British. You know what it is. We, yep. We're not going to make this up. Mm-hmm. Uh, a sixty four, a sixty seven, or a seventy. You can uh, bring down the attenuation per channel which is incredible. So you can have a clean channel that's completely unattenuated, pure clean. And then on the B channel, you can crank up the attenuation so you can really crank the amp up and really do something fun. That's uh, such a usable feature. It's such yeah. a smart idea. It's very clever. I, I I don't know, honestly, without just getting completely gushy and overdoing it on this a little bit, uh, it's just an incredible amplifier. And they didn't do... A lot of the other things that you expect to see uh, sometimes in amps, like oh, there's no there's no two notes built into it. There's no direct out like that. It's very very simplistic. Here's a great amp with some attenuation built in. It's going to sound amazing. Going to drive a speaker. It does have a line out if you want it, but it doesn't have like speaker emulation. All those things built in. Yeah, and they sound great. They've got a history of making great sounding amps. And beautiful oh, amps, did, too. They look did great. I mention they're completely sold out everywhere and you can't get one? Oh, really? Oh, <laughs> yeah. yay. <laughs> uh, y- you know what's not sold out everywhere? The Tone Master Pro. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I needed to get one last pot shot in. But <laughs> It is worth yeah. noting, too, that it's not a regular old-school style attenuator from what I'm reading here. It's a reactive load, which I think makes yeah. a massive difference. I used to be like, attenuators is stupid until I played an actual... <laughs> reactive load one and i'm like wait what what does that mean what's the difference between a reactive load well so there's a static and reactive right so a static load is just a load that they put on it that you that basically doesn't doesn't um react like a speaker does a speaker moves and changes the things a little bit you know as far as what what kind of load the amplifier is seeing and A reactive load tries to emulate that so that it feels right. Because if you've played like an old, just like kind of power soak attenuator, it feels weird. Like it doesn't quite feel right. You really need, that's where like the two notes comes in, the boss, the UA. um, And then this, uh, I think they call it the Iron Man, if I remember correctly. Yep, the Iron Man. It's this one. Yep, that's built in here. So that means it's going to respond. Oh, Oh, there you go. uh, I have have an Iron Man too. Look, you can't be an amp junkie like I am and not own a reactive load. That's just the way the world works. Mm -hmm. Um, And so according to them, it's got 
um, the same technology that's in this. Now, don't get me wrong. This is a heavy, chunky unit, but it's got the same technology in this amp. That's great. That's really cool. There is one knock, and since we've talked pricing on pretty much every product we've we've talked, it is pretty expensive. Yes, uh, they, they are. It's expensive. not as expensive as some of the things we're going to talk about in this list. We're not. It's not as expensive as the thing I've given my number one vote to. No, it's not. Um, but you know, I remember last year, if you, especially you, Philip, you were really about the pricing, and I and I agree uh, to a yeah. point. But it's, so it's, I just think it's worth noting. It's twenty seven hundred bucks. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of. Yeah. yeah, for the combo. It's a lot of amp, though. It's not like you're getting a one chant, like a, just a single-voiced thing with it. Yeah. You're getting a lot of amp for that money. Um, and made in California, you know, like it's a legit setup over there. Like it's... 2500 for the head. I mean, it's just... Let's go. I mean, we're, we're talking about a high-end tube amp. It's what, it's what it is, you know? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. With a lot of features. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, an extremely cool amplifier. I mean, the price point is premium, but no more premium than premium amplifiers. You know, right. we're not it's talking not out about of, something it's not unheard of. Yeah, no, exactly. Whereas, you know, Philip, your choice is uh, is is edging on the <laughs> yeah. extreme. It is the extreme. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> we will get there. Okay. Okay. Well, I can't um, hate it too much. I'm, you know, I'm a Benson fanboy. Those aren't cheap either. Yeah, that's true. They're <laughs> not cheap. No. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's move on to the next one. This, Blake, you are a, a massive fan of this, and I have to admit, I'm surprised. Are you? I mean, you yeah. kind of well, know just, my musical tastes a little bit. That shouldn't uh, be too surprising. I know. I just think of this as such a almost the sort of product where you guys would go, "Oh, we don't hear of them this side of the pond." You know, I guess is was sort of what. what yeah. Victory has much. Victory's better made that crossover. Yeah, yeah. Right. They, I guess we should say what it is, shouldn't we? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> say what it is. Uh, we're talking about the Victory now. One knock against Victory is like they their naming is a little confusing sometimes because they name yeah. multiple products the same name. You know. Uh, there's differentiators there, but it's like, wait, what Kraken are we talking about? We are talking mm-hmm. about the Kraken MK2 compact head, right? We're all yeah. on the same page. That's what we're yes. talking yeah. about today. Yes, okay. that is what we're talking about. Okay, because they have also the lunchbox version, which is very similar but not the same. So, yes, <laughs> so, correct. <laughs> um, so it's a 50 watt high gain heavy metal amp. Uh, the Kraken amps have always been tuned to like this has a lot of stuff that I like. I love tuning low and playing chuggy and getting real gnarly with it. And that is where these things specialize, which is I, I, the reason I, I rank this one so high is because some of this is not based in logic at all. Some of this is just based (laughs) in what did, what made me feel something when I saw it released. And this definitely checked that box because I don't need the hundred. I think it's a hundred watt. Uh, the main version. The original Kraken was 100 watts, and I, I don't need that for what I do. Even 50 watts is more than I need, but this is much more reasonable. <laughs> so... Yeah, I think, isn't the new one only 50? It is. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. So it's a 50-watt, super high-gain amp. It's got two channels. There's kind of like, uh, you know, marshall style, you know, cleanish things in the main channel. And then in the the channel that I really care about. It's just a super high gain, gnarly over the top, but like very focused high gain sound, you know? Um, 
it's it just it really I don't know what it is about this. The reason I've ranked it so high on my list, and I guess to spoiler, I've picked this right now. Unless I'm, I'm willing to change, but I've picked this for my number one because my other picks were modelers, and I couldn't stand not choosing a real deal amplifier for my favorite amp of the year. And out of the ones that are on this list, this is the one that made my heart go pitter patter the most because right. I just yes, love sir. I love this style of amplifier, and I think Victory makes great stuff. Yeah. They really do. They've added some really nice attention to detail features on this. I mean, I love any way that the Kraken's designed around extended range. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's supposed to be a versatile lamp, but they've added some really nice little features on the back. I really like the gain balance control, which is uh, um, because there's a there can be a volume difference, you know, a big volume difference. Between, channel switch. Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So they've added a pot on the back to fine tune levels. That's really nice. I really like the fact that there's a, a base focus switch. Um, so that works with the power section of the amp. And so you can switch between like a tighter, more focused bottom end or conversely a more loose and resonant, depending on your need and needs and tastes. Just nice little things like that where they're like, yeah, here you go. Make the Kraken exactly as you want it. You know, there are just a few little things there where you don't just have to accept what they've provided. You can tailor it a little bit. Not too yeah. much. They're not being ridiculous. You know, it's not option paralysis, but just a few little attention to details. And they're features that would appeal to people who play down-tuned or extended range instruments. It's just that. It's just a well, well-made well amplifier for its application. Mm-hmm. And there are a few companies making amplifiers as well designed to this specific application. The other thing that I thought was really cool, and this this probably has existed on other amplifiers in the past. I don't know because I'm not an amp tech. I When my amp breaks, I go, Chris, my amp's broke. I don't know what to do with it. And then I give it to him and, and it comes back yeah. later. But looking at this here, like if you're swapping tubes or something, they've made the bias test points and the bias adjustment external. Uh-huh. Which is like, why is that not just how it is? Yep. That just makes life so much easier. You don't got to drop the chassis out and like you can just test it right there. Yeah. Uh get your bias dialed and move on with your day, which seems like a really just like you know, there's things you come across in life where you're like, "Huh, wonder why that's never been done before." And the answer is it's just never been done before. Yeah. This is the first time I've seen it. I'm maybe it existed somewhere else, but I think that's smart. Yeah. It's it's not the first time, but definitely that's something they've made like commonplace. Mm-hmm. It happens in some other amps, uh, and and there's been people who modded amps to have the same thing. Sure, but it, it's just smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so for me, the Kraken. I mean, I'm sort of toying around with different points here, um, and I I'm a massive Rabia fan. Uh, I'm also, really, yeah, he's a good friend as well, and I've worked with him for many years. But his sound, we, I mean, we did a, um, I mean, it was the, he was using obviously his original ones at that point. We, I went down to a studio and did a video on the DM101 with him, and those Krakens just sound so good. And in the office, we've got a Super Kraken. Mm. And I just, man, to me, just some of the best gain sounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, I've been a Boogie fan for years and, you know, I like that kind of, I guess, the cranked Marshall plexi sound, which, to be honest, have I ever experienced in a real room? No, it's always been like a pedal in a box. This sounds like a Marshall. Um, 
But for me, the Kraken is just the way that it's laid out, the way that you can drive the game, that you can still have kind of low volumes or high volumes every time I've seen them play. Man, they sound so good. And, you know, talking to Rabir about obviously his use of neural DSP and obviously his new band, he's like, look, I love Quad Cortex, but when I go out and gig, am I going to use am I going to use my Krakens? Absolutely. Um and they, they just sound wicked. They sound wicked. And I think the fact that they've kind of made the improvement in the Mark II version, they've kind of added a couple of other features in. They're not crazy money. Just for me, it's like the ultimate lunchbox head where a lot of people aren't. There's not loads of people that are still making kind of lunchbox heads in this size. I always feel that Victory have kind of really cornered that market now, but loads of really good features on there. Um, yeah, I just think, I wouldn't say it was gear of the year. And I know some people might say, well, it's just a Mark II version of a product that's already right. been out. Um but I just think it sounds wicked and we probably didn't talk about it necessarily when it first came out. Can't remember. Um, but yeah, this is a solid product for me because it does clean as well as it does high gain. And the fact that you, it's so remarkably responsive to the volume control on your guitar makes a big difference as well. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It is Um, definitely a wicked product. Since 2010, Music Nomad Equipment Care has been making premium and innovative guitar care products used and trusted every day by top guitar repair shops, guitar makers and touring techs in over 50 countries. Pro quality but affordable, Music Nomad is also the go-to for countless guitar players around the globe to help their guitars look, sound and play their best. After two years of research and development and in collaboration with top guitar repair shops, Music Nomad developed in 2021 the keep it simple setup aka kiss and now thousands of guitar players from beginners to pros have learned how to set up their own guitar they demystified the guitar setup process by developing innovative precision gauges and tools combined with step-by-step general guidelines anyone can follow and set up their guitar to play and sound great with their KISS method and their gauges, you can check the vital areas of your guitar and use their toolkits to perform your own setups. They have a 24-page instructional booklet available in seven languages, downloadable for free, and many how-to videos, both by setup tasks as well as many complete setup video tutorials for popular brands such as Fender, Gibson, Taylor, PRS, and more. Not only is it fun, but a properly set-up guitar takes your playing and sound to a whole new level. Learn more at musicnomadcare.com. Their website has a very cool setup hub section where you can find everything you need to know so you can start setting up your guitar properly. Follow them on social media at, at musicnomadcare. Kiss your guitar with Music Nomad's Keep It Simple setup. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and that new presence control um presence is just a kind of like magic sweet sauce i think in a lot of amps that people don't really think about but it does really make a difference um and the fact that there's a a presence control on there and that presence shift makes a big a big difference for me um so yeah i'm in i'm in i think it's a great amp and 
<clears throat> not crazy money, considering some of the amps that we have seen. Uh, and as we talked about even today, the Slash Magnetone, crazy, crazy money. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, thirteen nine nine, And I don't think it's even necessarily you'd be buying this because you want to sound like Rabia. You know, it's not called the Rabia signature. No, it's just it's, a great amp for people who uh-huh. dropped you. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just sounds so good with uh, Rabia's new... Music Man guitars, man, baritone. These things sound awesome. I haven't heard a single victory amp that I didn't like. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that's the thing. They all sound really, really good. Yeah, they are very good. Okay. Okay, let's let's move on. Um, Who wants to take this next one? Any takers? Anyone feel especially strongly about this? No, <laughs> considering no how considering how much we um, considering how much we talked about them in the previous round, <laughs> it feels right. kind of strange that we don't really want to talk about them in this round. But I don't mind talking about it a little bit. Um, if no one's especially excited about it, we can gloss over it in the same way that we did the Frankenstein. You know, it's one of those things. I think unless people are stepping up to the plate, whilst this is an important product for this year, it was a big, big release with a big, big price tag. Um, yeah, I, th- I think the thing is for me, right? So this, we're talking about the Mark Tremonti MT100. Um, so this is a brand new three-channel amplifier that uh, was designed in collaboration with Mark Tremonti. Obviously, huge player, you know, super, super popular. Um, you know, it sounded really good from everything that I've read, everything that I've heard. You know, it kind of gave me boogie vibes in the kind of the amount of controls that it has on the front. Mm. But I would say that, and although it's not new, the winner and the better one out of the products that they make that Mark Tremonti's been behind, I think the MT-15, which is their small lunchbox head, is a better product. Um, Uh I think this is... This, to me, feels like Mark Tremonte wanted to really design his own amp for tour that did all of this and was super versatile and they made it for him. And... um, and they thought, well, we might as well make it a commercial product at the same time. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, big Tremonti fanboys are going to buy it. Um, but I think kind of like we just said with the crack and it doesn't feel and it's not labeled as a uh, Rabia signature, although this is kind of the MT-15 is sort of a Mark Tremonti signature. The 15 feels a little bit more like you can make your own thing out of it. Whereas I think if you're spending three grand on a hundred watt Mark Tremonti head, you're kind of really hoping that you're going to sound like Mark Tremonti. Right. So is this, is this it's one not of those, three grand. Uh, it's only 1850. I was going to oh, say, I, I we, thought we, it was we, more money. No, I think we've got the inverse maybe happening because over here it's, it's, it's not that insane. It's yeah, 1850. No, yeah. And oh, yeah. also a thing you don't get in the MT 15. So in the interim between the MT 15 being developed and Mark Tremonti now, he has become a massive Dumble amplifier fan. And so the overdrive channel on the MT-100 is supposed to sound like a Dumble ODS overdrive. Uh, I realize oh, that's redundant. Okay, yeah, but- so I, I would correct and say, yeah, sorry, I thought they were way more money, but I must <laughs> have... Uh, I must be thinking of something else or, from the PRS line, but yeah, or are they nine nine? Are they a lo- oh, okay? They're not bad over there. Then I was thinking no. we were getting the, the maybe no, we were no, giving no. you the Marshall no, treatment. That was just me looking at the wrong thing. 
Got yeah, it. So Fair you've got this high power fender style clean. The overdrive channel is supposed to be this dumbbell style overdrive. And then of course the lead channel from the MT15 only run through a hundred Watts. So you've got a lot of versatility here. I know a couple of people that bought this the day it was released. Uh, I know that Sweetwater sold something like five back ordered batches of them, uh, the day wow. of release. Uh, Again, it's one of those things that not available anymore until, you know, they're back ordered because of the how popular they were. Um, I think a lot of people kind of wanted this and the introduction of that overdrive channel won some people over. Yeah. Uh, that that makes it's a great price for a hundred watt three channel amp. It's the right price point. Um, once we clarified that, Matt had me questioning whether I was looking at the right <laughs> amp or not. Um with an effects loop, by the way, Blake has the bias jacks on the back. Oh, nice. All right. Uh-huh. Maybe so, this is like one of those things that's existed and I'm just an <laughs> idiot. Probably. <laughs> I know yeah. old marshals used to do that. So old marshals used to have the bias points on the back. I'll um, say this. None of the amps I own have that. <laughs> yeah, none of the ones I own and I own <laughs> a lot. Um, so, but yeah, I, th- I think this is great. And I know that this has been something a lot of people have been waiting for. And I think it warrants being in the conversation for gear of the year. For me, this isn't gear of the year. I don't think it's that. I, I think there's just some stronger contenders out there. Right. So. Yeah. I agree, but it's still the sort of thing that needs to be in the conversation because it is nonetheless a very cool product. Yeah. Okay. All right. There's the PRS MT100. This brings us on then to the final product that we're going to talk about <laughs> and the products that philip you have I, I tell you what dear listener we actually had a top 10 for every category until philip insisted on adding this and i didn't want to cut anything so we now have top 11s for everything yeah. so we have this because it is the only thing so far out of two episodes of gear of the year that we have talked about that i actually felt compelled to buy which right. is insane because it is the most expensive thing we've talked about. And maybe that's why I haven't bought anything else because I have no money. Um, so, <laughs> listeners, we are talking about the Two Rock Vintage Deluxe. And it was uh, announced at NAM uh, in April. And I put in an order immediately. It is the most money I have ever spent on a single piece of gear in my <laughs> entire life. By wow. By a relatively significant margin. Um, I'm surprised. <laughs> they offered in two variations. They offered in a 35 watt 6L6 driven with a tube rectifier head. Uh, they also offer it in a 6V6 40 watt solid state rectifier version. There are two cabinet options there is a 3x10 cabinet. And there is a one by 15. I went with the one by 15 uh, and the 35 watt. It's literally behind me. I know listeners can't hear it, see it, but y'all can see it behind me. <laughs> um, it is and the reason I had to include it besides being the only thing I bought, but it is the only, so I have a hierarchy of amps in my life, right? And I literally named my podcast after my vintage super reverb because that is, is my favorite amp of all time. I've even uh, uh, earlier this year, someone asked me how many amps I owned, and I was like, "Oh, I have." I don't remember the number then. I was like, "Oh, I have this many." And I was like, "Wait, no, I I have one more than that because I don't even count my Super Reverb. This is <laughs> this is how ingrained in just being a part right. of me it is. It's just me. If 
today, you told me I had to get down to one amplifier, I would sell my Super Reverb. Whoa. And I would keep the Vintage Deluxe. It is the best amplifier I have ever played, bar none, full stop, nothing I've ever played. Sounds, feels, reacts like that amp does. And I will forever be on that team to rock because of that amp. It is pricey. I realize listeners that it is an insane amount of money for someone who doesn't gig much anymore. uh, Or even if you do gig a lot, it's still an insane amount of money, but it's one of those thousand pounds. Uh, yeah, I I paid. I'm not afraid to say because I did not get any discount. I don't get any kind of bonus. I didn't like get to to rock to give me a, some kind of special price. I paid about fifty eight hundred dollars all told for the amp and cabinet. Whew. And uh, so it's it's pricey. It's it's a whole lot of money, but it's one of the few times in my life where I've ever spent a whole lot of money on something. And once I got it and I played it, I have not regretted it for a single moment. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, I play through it every day. This is it. Few companies are making better amps than Two Rock, and this is testament to them making yeah. it in a, a, a really perfect amp head, gorgeous cabinet option. And I like their approach. Their approach is we design the best amp possible. Then we figure out how much it costs me to make that. Mm-hmm. And that's it. I that's mean, cool. their, their chassis are made across the street from them. Like, they, yeah. they literally just go to the guy across the street and get more chassis. Right. It's it's really insane. It, it It's one of those things where I used to be on the, the, the team of, oh, there's no way that thing is X number of dollars better than this more affordable thing I can get. Yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> it just is. Yeah, it is that much better. This is it. The, the, you know, we talk about things being value for money, and that is definitely the case. I think, nonetheless, the argument stands. You get what you pay for, and I think that applies to most things in the world. You know, don't think for a second, dear listener, that that's not true. Otherwise, the entire concept of capitalism wouldn't work. Well, some yeah. would say it doesn't, but uh, but <laughs> well, yeah, the, uh, that's a different that's a different podcast joke. <laughs> um, but my my argument is, I know this won't win, but for me, this is the best guitar related piece of gear. Period. Release this year, right? Yeah. Okay. And you can have your favorite. I think we all have our own gear of the year. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I think we're collectively trying to come up with a sort of uh aggregate <laughs> of everything and go what's our what's our summary but i think yeah you know everyone's gonna have their own thing that i think they're realistically you know for me it's yeah it's one of those things where price isn't the biggest factor and we've already said that a few times but it's just so prohib- prohibitively expensive for so many people yeah it's it's just but I, you know i does that affect how much time and effort and care and love they've put into the whole development? Absolutely, absolutely not. So very, very cool. But uh, I'm not not sure I could ever say that that was my my personal gear of the year. But it may be if I could try one. But I'm probably yeah. going to get to try one. That's, that's a problem. Yeah. That's fair. It's one of yeah. those things where, like, you know, Philip, for you – I can see this a hundred percent, right? This yeah. is like, yeah, I get, I get why this is the perfect amp for Philip. For me, like if I'm spending that kind of money on a guitar amp, this yeah. just isn't the one. 
you know, just because we have different styles. We have different things that we're into. And it isn't, that's not a reflection on like, do I think this amp's cool? (laughs) Yeah. I think it's very, very cool. Do I think it's well-made? Yeah. I, two rock undoubtedly like attention to detail on everything is supremely good. And it better be. You know, if it shows up and like, it has to be, it has to be, there's no option. If it's, if you're charging that kind of money, you don't get away with cutting any corners. It's like, Oh, the Tolex is lifting a little bit over here. Nope. That one's no good anymore. That one doesn't get shipped, you know? Yeah. Um, So for, for me, this is not an amp I would probably ever buy just because it's just not really my, my vibe, especially at that price point. Do I think it's an extremely cool amplifier and probably the perfect amp for a lot of people? Yeah, I'm yeah. sure it is. I'm sure it yeah. is. It's a killer amp. It's like I said, if I had to sell everything else, it's the one I go down to. It's my one amp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, wow. That that kind of brings us to the to the end of this. And my yeah. goodness, we've got Oof, we've got like a messy end here to, to, to all of these things. <laughs> during during this and last like two minutes of conversation, votes have changed yeah. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I've been moving things around because I'm sort of like being a little tactical perhaps. But Oh, me too. I, me too. I just want to see the right things go through, but not necessarily my, my talk. So just, it's, uh, it's, it's funny you say, because I, I moved quite a lot around, but I literally ignored what everyone else put and just went, actually, what are my favourite three i guess what are my favorite three and and kind of just i don't think my choice three choices change it's just what order i put them in um mine slightly changed yeah Uh, change your mind again i i'm I'm having a hard time changing i've actually kept mine pretty solid for this whole time which is a little bit unusual for me i usually flip around a little bit but i still feel pretty good about my selections and i'm again like I do this every year. I think I I pick just based upon how I feel about it. It doesn't really matter. Well, let's like, uh, let's let's talk them through, shall we? Let's talk about everyone's top three. Matt, why don't you start us off? So third place, and I messed around with this a lot. But again, I think a lot about what I would buy, what I would enjoy. I've gone for the Victory Kraken Mark II. I love the original. I've played the original uh, a lot. I think is a great versatile amplifier second place i've gone with the ir2 again i spent a lot of time with it i think it's again you know gets amp modeling effect i think it does a lot more for effects than just amp modeling i think there's a lot in there from a boss perspective that is very very cool um and it's to me it's the most versatile one but it really just wins out on price without being like crazy cheap like it's not like mua cheap yeah it's what it does for a compact you know and what fits in a compact i think it's great so i put that in second place but i i did have it higher the reason i've gone my first place choice is because i've spent countless hours on it this year because i've had a proper amp set up where i've been living until until i moved um it's the silk tone micronaut Uh, I spent so many hours with it. It's such a great amp. Uh, It's not for everyone. It's expensive for what it is, but I think it does a few things that aren't out there on the amp market already that make it a real winner. And it just sounds good. And ultimately, that's why we like it. So, um, yeah, that's my first place. Very well, very well. Philip? 
Uh, so for me, um, I'm going to go from the top down. Uh, my number one is the two rock. Uh, just because again, it's the one thing I bought yeah. of yeah, this entire absolutely. list. It's not the only thing I'm going to buy from this list. Cause I will have an IR two at some point. Um, so, uh, two rocks. Number one, my number two is the silk tone micronaut. It's just so cool. It's, it's an amp. It's a drive pedal. It's a, a preamp. It's, it's also made by someone who I just love anyway. So that kind of helps. And I mean, I can't pretend that that doesn't play into it. I just oh, like course, Charles as course. a person. So I had to go with the Silk Tone Micronaut. And uh, third place. Uh, now, originally, I had this a little different. I had the Micronaut in third. And I had the Studio JTM as my second. But then I found out that uh, the price difference is incredible between the UK and the USA. So screw that. I'm not dealing with that. <laughs> no. So they have dropped out entirely. That has dropped out entirely. And uh, so second, I've got the Micronaut. And I'm with the Boss IR2 as my third. Wow. Uh, even though I was determined to only pick amplifiers. <laughs> I was wow. determined. But it's just too good. It, it's going to be the new standard for what people expect from a pedal board amp emulator. This is it. We talk about longevity in a product, yeah. and that's what the IR2 represents, is the standardization. Because Boss are the standard stomp box. Yeah. There is now a modeling pedal in that you know, 40-year-old stomp box design. It's Also, there's mm. something to be said for the fact that I know I could go play cricket with it and then play a gig later <laughs> that night. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Come on, Philip. They don't play cricket down there. <laughs> they don't, but I needed to make sure that, you know, <laughs> I'm playing to my audience here. Football. Baseball, if you want. American football. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Wow. Okay. Blake, how, how, how are things uh, – Lining yeah, up for you. so um, you know, um, this was this was an interesting exercise for me because as a guy who loves amps and plays amps, um, having most of my top three not be real amps is kind of weird. But Oof. I went back and forth. the The Boss IR and the Tonex are like they're really. I don't want to say they're interchangeable because they are different things, but they both solve a very similar problem. And it just, to me, comes down to the level of, you know, tweakability that you and how deep you want to dive into this thing. Now, the boss can do more than I probably am even aware of because that's how boss tends to roll. I'll, I'll think one thing and then it's like, oh, actually, there's a, there's a lot more here than meets the eye. But I do, I got really excited when that, the IR2 uh, got released. So, that said, I went ahead and put that at number three just because uh, the Tonex was like just slightly higher for me because I feel yeah. like I can I can dive in and get really, really insane with that if I want to. Yeah. And still have like once I've done that, I can bring it out to my pedal board and have a very simple interface to work with. So it kind of is like a, a best of both worlds. That said... There's no doubt in my mind that the boss is probably more durable because boss has proven itself. Um, not that I think the Tonex is fragile, but I don't think I can play. What do you say? Cricket? Cricket. Um, I don't think I can play cricket <laughs> with the Tonex. Probably no, could. Look, I don't even know the rules of cricket. I just know they throw a ball and they hit it. You got to you got to understand what a crumpet is to understand cricket. Um that's a yes, reference. sir. You do. Thank you, Casey Jones. Yeah, that's wow, right. My yeah. goodness. Uh huh. I was hoping you think you'd get people that. who play cricket would eat something as common as a crumpet. <laughs> <laughs> it's a movie. It's a movie reference. It's a movie reference. Yeah. 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Come on, man. Uh, so those two are very close to me. Like I could easily swap either of those out for my third and second place and be perfectly satisfied. I just went like, I'm a little more of a tweaker. Not that kind. Um, <laughs> you got to be careful with those statements. Uh, I know I'm from Portland, but it's a different thing. Um, <laughs> but uh, the that's why I, I rank them that way. Now, okay. I think I would be happy with either of those as right. a pedal board solution. Okay. Interesting. My final pick, my number one, I simply went with my heart. I didn't, I threw logic completely out the window mm-hmm. and said, I don't need to listen to you today. I want what I want. And what I want is the victory Kraken MK2. Just because it sounds so good to me. I have not got to play one. I have the Kraken pedal and I love it. On its own, I can only imagine what the big boy version sounds like in real life if the pedal sounds as good as that. So uh, I'm just going with what my heart wants. My heart wants that. Okay. Of everything on this list, Blake, that's the thing that screams you to me. Yeah. Is yeah. the Kraken. Yes, I agree. Well chosen, well chosen for you, Blake. Um, okay, so mine are, I'm going third place, Boss IR2, again, just brilliant, wonderful unit. I can't help but feel a little pang of wanting to select real amps here. Yeah. Um, but the uh, the IR2, I think, is an absolute game changer and deserves its place in mm-hmm. history very much. So second place, I've given to the Marshall Studio JTM, which I think is an absolutely brilliant product but to be honest the i2 and, and the marshall could have, i could have gone the other way on those maybe i should have i don't think it would have made any difference to the end result of this but just marshall doing what i've always wanted them to do and making it look beautiful and gorgeous it's a fantastic amp at a reasonable price if you're this side of the pond and in first place just because it's fun, exciting, cool, interesting. Yes, it's a premium price, but it's not that premium for something that's incredibly boutique. It is the Silk Tone Micronaut. That's where I'm going. Yep. Now, that leaves us an interesting top lot because it means six products have had votes um, for them, and only one product has had votes from all four of us, so a bit more divided than guitars. So I'll read the six from the bottom. The least voted for two products, both with two votes, one uh, um, both coming in second for that person, one for Blake and one for one for me, is the Marshall Studio JTM and the IK Multimedia Tonex coming in sort of fifth, sixth. Um, then, I, so I guess we have the... Uh, in fourth place, um, we have the – oh, sorry, yes. In fourth yep. place, we have the Two Rock Vintage Deluxe, only receiving votes from one person. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it takes, baby. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. But receiving the maximum amount of points that could be assigned to it from Philip. So the Two Rock Vintage Deluxe, well worth its position there because it is a fantastic amplifier. Yeah. Um, I almost got a vote from me. Maybe if it was a thousand pounds less, maybe mm. it was just slightly too far. But what a wonderful amplifier! Um, who am I kidding? Two thousand pounds less than maybe <laughs> I would have. Really it's, it's really expensive. It's really expensive. But it's I know really, that that really, is the fault. Yes, yeah. But it's a really, really great amplifier. Um, uh, and so that then leaves us to our top three, which at the moment, as points define them. Third place is going to the Victory Kraken Mark II with votes from both Blake and Matt, giving it first and third. 
um, respectively. In second place with five points, so only a point more, just pipping it to the post. And the only product to get votes from everyone was the IR2, which was voted third place by everyone except Matt, who gave it second. So that's like a, it's pretty uniform. We all agree the IR2 has its place. And maybe it's right. I think I could well have given it second place as well, which would have just definitely secured it 100% a second. So well worth the IR2 has earned second place there. But then a surprising first place option, getting getting maximum points from me and Matt and second place points from Philip, but nothing from Blake, is the Silktone Micronaut. How do we feel about that team? We're looking at, it's we're a, looking it's at a weird, Kraken so, IR2 Silktone, which is this, unusual. It's not how I expect it to pan out. So the Silktone, I want to make a note. Like I, I think that thing is really, really cool. The... The reason that, like, I, again, I'm kind of just going off my personal thing. I love the full big amp. I, I and I love Charles, um, but I am there's. There, it's hard for me to go away. I, I have, I mean, the Benson Vinny is named after my kid, and right. it does a lot of the same things, um, right. and in in some ways. Uh, yeah, does them? There's things I like about the Silk Tone, though that 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 is different than the Vinny. The one thing I like about the Vinny better is is the way I understand that the the output works into the. Uh, it's it's now I don't know that it's possible to do on the Micronaut because the Micronaut's four watts, which I like that better than the Vinny. So it's kind of a weird thing, but it was hard for me to like fully cast a vote there because I have a a weird like conflict of interest there. So yeah, but sure. the Vinny didn't come out this year. It's not it, in this conversation. It didn't, but it's like, so it doesn't, I'm thinking like, would I buy a micro or not? Well, I wouldn't because oh, okay. I have a Vinny, you know, that's the thing. So it's not really a conflict, I guess. That's more how I'm viewing it is like, where would I put my money? Like, well, I couldn't buy that one. I would want him to make a 50 watt version of his other one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want, I want a head version. That's what I want. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, dude. Like, so it's kind of a, a weird thing for me. It's not that I don't think that is an awesome product, because I do. It's an awesome product from an awesome guy. It's just like I I try to go off of like what would I spend my money on? That is how I'm looking at it. Yeah. Right? yeah. That's fair. That's mm-hmm. fair. Um what I'm getting away from this is I just need one of you to come with me to Team Two Rock <laughs> to get them into the top three. I just need to I get one of you. I can't do uh, it. I can't it's do honestly it. uh, uh, Philip, I would I, I assure you, I, this would get my vote, but I can't. I can't get know, behind the five and a half. Yeah, even if I played one and it was still the best thing I'd ever played, I'm still not sure I could put it as gear of the year because <laughs> I'm just like, it's. I just think it's. I don't know. They're in a league of their own, and it's almost like it's just. They're beyond yeah, this. I don't really know. They I don't need this crown. <laughs> right, no. I think that's it. They're, they're sort of beyond that. They're, they're already living on Mars while we're trying to, still trying to go back to the moon. It's just like, man, they're, they're way, way beyond. And- no, and that is totally fair. I, I do this because I feel like I need to. I'm not actually going to try to convince anyone, not legitimately try to convince anyone to come over to that. Because, again, listeners, I know that this is outrageous money. This is stupid, stupid money for a hobby. Like I get that, so but it it is it is that good. I also understand why most people, the vast majority of people, don't want to spend that much money on an amplifier. So it's really hard to make it gear of the year. 
Yeah. I actually feel really good, even though I like I said the silk tone didn't get my vote. It kind of like it kind of does. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you so own I, something similar already, and if you yeah. didn't have that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think I think for me the own I think it wins everywhere in every bracket apart from value for money. It's expensive, but I understand. I don't think a thousand pounds is for. for I think for I think for what it is, it's expensive. But it's the price. It's it. It is because they're made in small batches by hand in America, and you've got to you've got to make some money. You can't give this stuff away. It's not you know people got to make a living. If we were talking Um, about an American made guitar, we would not be saying a thousand pounds is a lot of money. True. Yeah, that's true. That's very also, true. Yeah, but I, I don't mean, think you can show me an American made guitar for a thousand pounds. We're talking like fifteen, sixteen, nine, nine. But you get a lot. I think you get a lot more in a guitar than you do. Fine. Yeah, this. I know. I know what you're saying. My you my argument I mean? was is mute. I, I get. I get that. You know. I, I actually feel really good channels. about this. This list <laughs> yeah, no. personally. Yeah, I think I, it's, I, feel, I, I think it's. I think it's great. I own all three of those products. Yep. I, I kind of like that the Silk Tone got the top spot without me because I feel like I got to have my cake and eat it too. It's <laughs> yeah. kind of a weird thing. I'm like, yeah, I like I like this list personally. Listen, I think it's just great. like last year, an AMP wins AMP of the year. That's all I really care yeah, about. True, true, yeah, fair true. Enough. Yeah. Yeah. But there's also two AMPs in the top yes, three. Two, two. <laughs> yeah, two AMPs and, and a modeler. So I'm happy with that. That's fine. And go. actually, what, like t- these two AMPs don't even have any modeling anything they don't have the two notes built in they're just ready to rock ready to go yeah yeah which is cool which is very cool i'm here for it there Mm -hmm. you go well that that's that's it then dear listener in third place the victory kraken second place the boss ir2 and first place the silk tone micronaut that's it that's the best amplifiers according to guitar nerds the tone mob and the 40 watt podcast for 2023 well, that's it. We're two categories down. Bear in mind, this was supposed to be the short category, which was going to be a short episode. <laughs> this episode is double the length of the last episode, nearly. That's fine. We've got one more category to do tomorrow, which is going to be effects pedals, dear listener. That's going to be a mammoth of an argument. And then we have the final, which is always a bit shorter because we don't have to go through the bit of talking through and working out who likes what. Wow. Okay. Effects is going to be a big one tomorrow, dear listener. We've got some, there have been some incredible releases. I will also say that the, uh, the listeners choices for effects pedals have been deadlocked on, on something. So oh. I, I wonder if our arguments are going to come out in the same way that theirs are. What a mm. fantastic podcast. Dear listener, thank you for listening. Co-hosts, thank you for co-hosting. We'll be back tomorrow with more of this guitar nerdery. Farewell. Goodbye. Au revoir. Later, Hosen. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.